Welcome to the Armada podcast, where we are focusing in on DAO governance. Let's hop into the show. If you could start with who you are and what you're working on. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is uh, Brian Flynn, and I'm currently the CEO and co-founder of Rabbit Hole, which is a uh, platform to uh, participate in earn crypto by using uh, some of the latest crypto applications. So one of the biggest challenges we see in, in the crypto space right now is, is most people are focused on speculating and trading and earning money. But not that many people actually know that these are actual crypto applications to actually engage with. Um, they can actually be owners of and part of it. Um, so we help them find the, the first uh, tokens that they, that they can actually own by using these crypto applications and providing value to these protocols um, straight from Rabbit Hole. Um, so yeah, we, we've been working on it for about uh, eight months now and are pretty excited about some of the stuff that we got in the pipeline. Yeah, it's a, it's a super cool application. I haven't done any quests yet, but I was looking at some of the expired quests and I was like, oh, I, I certainly would like to learn that. And then there's a nice incentive to go out and try it. So there's a nice matching of my sort of desire, but actually making a financial piece, which I love. Yeah, you know, you know one of the features that we're, we're launching pretty soon is called Skills. And uh, what, what Skills is basically is being able to earn verifiable credentials by doing a list of tasks that, that's a little bit more evergreen. Um, so you'd be able to have these skills by saying things of, such as uh, being able to mint on, say, you know, Zora Foundation and OpenSea gives you, say, like an NFT creator credential, right? Or being able to lend on different protocol, lending, lending protocols will give you a lending credential. Um, so these things will kind of like mash up to your on-chain resume um, and be able to show that off and get access to different DAOs based off those skills. So we're pretty excited about that feature um, because it, it plays really nice with the, the current quest infrastructure that we've built out. Yeah, I love that. I love that even more, uh, significantly more. I think that this idea, which I have a question that we'll be talking about later, but this sort of identity across multiple different areas, I think is something just as a relatively newcomer to the space. I've just been a little bit shocked where, you know, you have your Twitter profile and then you have a different representation on Discord and like, and it's like, how do we have a connectivity through there to, to start to build identity over time? And I think it sounds like that's scratching a little bit at that problem. Yeah, totally. You know, one problem that we see all the time in the space is that most people who are getting hired into DAOs and you know joining uh, Treasury Multi Six, you know, they built up most of their uh, social capital on Twitter by just being a thought leader and writing blog posts. But even some of them haven't even you know used many of these protocols, right? There's not actually a way to actually prove that they've done a lot of these things and shown their value in some cases outside of the pure signaling um, on social media platforms. So our whole goal is to actually shift people away from social media platforms and sort of the signaling value to actually being able to signal uh, on-chain value through different uh, protocol uses. Um, so we think that can be a new way to kind of show off uh, your your value and sort of becomes like almost a new LinkedIn. Yeah, I love that. And what it, what is the intersection then of like if you build that world out, and then you have social sort of it almost sounds like it's it's like flip like social is sort of sitting on top of that now, right? Where you're saying, yeah. okay, maybe in my lit Twitter bio, I'm linking back to my identity over on your platform or whatever the platform that may be. Is that sort of the model, sort of flipping that a little bit as it currently stands today? Yeah, exactly. I think I think it'll definitely be linking to you know the rabbit hole profile from Twitter. Um, but eventually, I think just mo most social media platforms are, are going to become on chain and like platform agnostic, right? Um, like you're already seeing this with like sort of the, the mirror 
blocking platform that's currently live that's fully decentralized, right? We're being able to to publish on Mirror, but even that will won't have its own interface eventually. We're able to have that in multiple multiple different ways, right? You could be able to actually prove that you you wrote on Mirror um, and have that displayed in your in your radical profile, right? So there'll be different equivalents to that. Like there'll probably be like a decentralized Twitter eventually that you know uses some of the new scalability from new layer ones. Um, and that will be able to just lay up into your your identity to prove that you've been uh, posting on these different platforms and different reputations. Um, so I think when that world comes, we'll be able to just look at you know, your on-chain transaction history as a way to just demonstrate your value of who you are and how you're actually uh, engaging with these different uh, different platforms. It's fascinating, and I love your your thinking around it. And can you talk a little bit about and I. I'm so embarrassed to say, it. is it DIDS? Is it DIDS? Like, I, yeah. I don't know what to call it, but. <laughs> yeah, it, it, sometimes it's DIDS or, or, or DIDS, right? It's basically decentralized identifiers. And in, uh, on a very basic level, what, what DIDS is, is, is a basically who you are as, as, as an individual, right? Um, so wallets, uh, historically, on Ethereum, it's basically like what you have. And DIDs are just like who you are, right? So if you have different, uh, so you have, um, you know, like a credential, credential or skill on rabbit hole, let's say. You know, a protocol politician or a voter, and you've done that through different on-chain interactions, you will actually be able to store that in your DID as opposed to your Ethereum wallet. And why that's useful is that you could basically start to abstract identity from your wallet and uh, layer up your, your wallet addresses mapped to your DID, right? So the DID becomes the parent and the wallet becomes basically the child. So then you can have, say, a Solana address and an Ethereum address and a near protocol address all connected to your DID, where the DID basically holds all those that information about you and your different on interactions in those wallets that connect to your DID. Um, so it's a, it's a much more interesting way to actually display information while while preserving uh, some privacy around the financial information in your wallet. And this is a dumb question, but like, where would that DID? technically live so is it is it built on something like ethereum and then it's talking to these all these other things like like how does that actually i'm having a hard time wrapping where that thing would live yeah independently it's a really good question actually so it's it's a middleware built between these protocols right so it's it's completely blockchain agnostic in some cases um and there are a few teams building like on top of the ids which is just the standard uh one team that is called ceramic network um, and so they're basically being able to really easily create these DIDs and plug them into different applications and have them interact with things like Ethereum. Um, and so they're actually launching on mainnet, I believe, this week. Um, so pretty excited about that and having it integrated into, into Rabbit Hole eventually. Fascinating. Uh, we totally skipped over, by the way, the which fictional character would you like to have dinner with? Uh, what would be your answer for that? Uh, this is this is easy. It's definitely the the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. It has to be right? <laughs> given rabbit hole, right? Uh, we would probably go down so many different rabbit holes. You know, it sounds really corny, but the amount of experiences that he's probably had is is probably really really fun. And it's actually ironic given that he's ha- he's he hosted the giant uh, dinner party in, in in the movie as well. Yeah, what what way to tie that back into the branding? It was, it was a very very polished political answer there. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, how do you think about the industry allocating talent to DAOs? Yeah. So currently, uh, what exists is a lot of these DAOs are finding their the talent by just people being engaged in the Discord. Um, so the process is usually. 
you join a Discord, you kind of like stick around, you see what people need help with, you join a community call, um, you do start taking on different tasks. Usually they're very micro tasks and then you kind of prove your worth and then eventually you get you know, much higher up in, into the DAO and then you have a full-time position and you get, you know, start the salary from the treasury and self. It's pretty inefficient overall, right? Because not many people like know these opportunities exist for people to, you know, start joining discords and just getting hired by DAOs. Um, and, uh, and it's really hard to also um, work across multiple DAOs, right? There's usually a lot of context switching um, and that makes it really difficult to know like what the latest challenges of the DAOs are and how you can actually contribute. Um, and so we've thought about that problem like super deeply. Like how can someone work across like multiple DAOs and, and provide like maximum value in the least amount of time? Um, and so we kind of built the rabbit hole quest system with sort of this in mind of creating the lowest common denominator across many of these different DAOs and protocols, right? And so if we can basically have an all-in-one work platform for people to start uh, contributing to these DAOs through on-chain work, um, that can make it actually demonstrate their value to those, to those DAOs, that is not subjective work, but more like objective work, um, then, we, then you can actually build something where people are contributing to multiple of these protocols, right? So like an example of this is, you know, creating a strategy on Yearn is something that not a lot of many people do, but is very useful for Yearn in some, some capacity, right? So how do you actually reward like that type of work for being a Yearn strategist, right? And you can do that by actually creating what, what these quests on Rabbit Hole and rewarding action, rewarding in, uh, you know, say Wi-Fi for completing uh, that action, right? Or maybe it's uh, helping someone curate um, in like an NFT marketplace, right? So you actually reward the act of curation itself in Rabbit Hole, right? And then you can start using the Rabbit Hole skills and on-chain resume as a way of actually filtering out this talent to direct them to these different work opportunities and quests. So basically by using this on-chain data, we can actually build a much wider funnel of the talent available and then start to, start to point them to these different DAOs and all these different opportunities um, that matches their skill sets instead of actually you know, pushing them into Discord and kind of providing a very narrow talent funnel to these DAOs. Yeah, that that's certainly been... Uh, having dive, dived in this relatively recently, it's certainly, uh, I'm obviously not further along in sort of actually contributing at the highest of levels of podcasts is where I'm at today, but I certainly already have seen exactly what you're talking about. And you're totally, I didn't know that, right? It's just sort of like, I just joined some discords I thought were interesting and you start interacting with people and all of a sudden, you know, there's there's different things that are happening on it. And, and not, you know, it's probably not a great analogy, but it actually, it seems like the stereotype of the mafia, right? It's like you hang out at the mafia bar, you know, you know, cleaning dishes and then someone needs a favor and then like X, Y, Z, like next thing, you know, 20 years later and you're like this made man in the mafia kind of deal. And like, it certainly seems to have this very, very inefficient process, uh, but you know, is optimized for a different thing. The approach that you outlined there strikes me as one kind of way to do it as as the structure exists today of opening this up, allowing you to build out this reputation and go from there. Um, but how do you how do you think about jobs more broadly from DAOs? Like, do you think that there is a gap where we'll start to see more conventional people joining DAO established jobs and using things like pods and these kind of Y teams that, that Yearn's kind of working on yeah. to, to have like more stable roles within DAOs? Or do you think it'll be a blend? Like, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Um, 
what, what I've seen uh, work the most efficiently is, is having a bunch of uh, a bunch of teams kind of split out into these multiple roles, whether it's you know growth, marketing, development, uh, you know, kind of you name it, and and them all pushing forward towards a lot of these a lot of different goals and trying just to throw a lot at the wall and seeing what sticks. I think the DAO that does this probably the most well is Index Co-op, right? Where they basically have just a few core contributors, but then sort of this wider contributor group split up into these different categories. Um, and, and they're they're really focused on um, how do you just get talent in the door working on these different problems. But I think the what Y Teams is posing and um, especially how like Coordinate is, is interfacing with with Y Team is a really interesting way of, of actually having contributors stay and working for long periods of time. What I'm what I'm interested to see what happens in the next six months is if if work will be more um, permanent, like like longer engagements, or if it will be more temporary and asynchronous, right? Because Rapid Hold is much more focused on sort of the temporary and asynchronous piece of work. But there is sort of this uh, testament to Hustle having uh, more permanent work where you're actually getting paid by multi-sig for longer engagements. Um, the problem with the permanent approach in a lot of cases is uh, the accountability, right? So it's like if you're actually getting paid by a DAO where there's actually no recourse to actually having having you get fired or anything, just like you're basically your shadow being removed from the vote. It's like, are you actually going to put enough work in for this to move forward in some capacity? So really interested to see how how that dynamic plays out with DAOs um, going forward. Yeah, I think that's a it's a super fair kind of concern, and obviously we'll see how it plays out. But my my kind of financial mind just sees the delta that traditional centralized organizations have had been able to do by giving people consistency, perks, benefits, things of that nature, and the delta that they're able to kind of extract from that that even drives the sort of the aggregates group income so much larger. And it's like I just wonder. Are we sort of in this kind of transitionary period or or are we actually moving to an entirely new structure? And like, I suspect it'll be almost industry dependent or niche dependent, uh, but it just strikes me that we've watched this one model kind of play out, which has huge downsides, right? Of like ex- uh, exploiting laborers and all those of those types of things. On the flip side, though, it does provide certain financial goals for people too. And like, I'm just super fascinated in that kind of delta and how that plays out, but um, I'll be watching right along with you. Yeah, and I think one other portion of this is even like a lot of teams experimenting with money streaming as well with C-player or Superfluid, right? Um, So being able to earn every single second for providing a a job is entirely new, uh, innovative financial uh, just didn't exist with traditional organizations. Um, So a lot of teams are experimenting with that right now, being able to split those between uh, multiple contributors. So um, I would love to see more of those things kind of work, um, kind of be fruition for in the future. Um, I think a lot of teams are also experimenting with um, how how to use um, vested tokens in a more liquid in a more liquid way of like uh, the V curve, for example, and how that actually plays out with these sort of protocols. Um, so, yeah, a lot of things moving a lot of fast world. A lot of experimentation every week. Something new changes. So it's uh, a lot to keep. Uh, all to keep track with to see uh, how it plays out. One question I've been asking a lot of the guests is sort of this this balance between taking the models that we've seen work in society over the last you know kind of industrial era and beyond uh, and work. I'll put some air quotes on that, but <laughs> what we've seen work over the last you know hundred plus two hundred years 
And then what DAO sort of the vision and the technology that enables us to do, I feel like I'm running into a lot of kind of two camps. One is we need to embrace that sort of new world and we need to maximize against the unique attributes that empower that world. Or I hear the other people are sort of pragmatic and they're like, no, we need to model and map the way that people think now and sort of bridge them into that world. Do you have a comment that kind of watching those two sort of ideologies play out in the DAO space? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I'm more probably in, in the former than the latter, I would say. I definitely have flip-flops in, in, in the past few months in itself. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the cool innovations happening right now in the DAO space is like even with, with the context of like NFTs and being able to have program, programmable cash flow um, built, built into uh, a multi-sig. Um, and what that really enables is you can actually um, have like DAO treasury assets um, represented as one NFT so that say you sell that NFT to someone else it basically represents an acquisition of the DAO because it, it, the assets are moving along with it. Um, so in the traditional world, you basically have these long processes of you know this MA process, but now you can basically you know sell off an entire DAO with just one NFT in a single transaction and have that entire process um, transparent and on-chain by just kind of seeing people bid with any single token and having that done in a matter of seconds. Um, so it, it, it's just an entirely new way for, for these organizations to interact with each other. Um, I think what happens when you actually try to model it off the existing world, you usually limit your creativity of what's actually possible. Um, and it's, it's best to just to kind of, you know, kind of unlearn as much as possible and kind of come into it with sort of this child brain um, and kind of just be very creative and innovative of, of how you think about these things because it's usually a much different way of doing things in the traditional world. Yeah, I, I love that thinking. I mean, I, I certainly beginner's mind is something I, I, I strive to uh, accomplish. And it's funny, as I've gotten into the DAO space, I feel like I lost it. I kind of came in thinking about it more traditional. And as, as I'm learning more and more of these unique models, uh, such as you just mentioned there, the kind of NFT DAO object, like it's a, it's a Twitter thread that I was trying to get some feedback on, uh, which was like, are there any cases that you're aware of, of like a, like a non-hostile DAO acquisition, or is this still a little bit kind of in theory land at the moment um, with what we're seeing? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't know of any DAO to DAO acquisitions that were as elegant and simple as um, just using like an NFT like I described, but there certainly has been examples of uh, people uh, or DAOs creating governance proposals to get acquired. Like I think Inverse Finance acquired a DAO um, a couple, two, maybe two months ago or something, um, and it's all its assets. But that was through a governance proposal and not through an NFT. Um, I think these processes will just become more standardized over a period of time. I think a lot of the times people don't know that like it's that easy to, to actually do the transaction. And the more um, the more you can make these processes like commonplace and very standardized across these different DAOs the more the people will know that these opportunities exist, right? Crypto is very reflexive in general as an industry. So if one if one team or DAO does something, then kind of like everyone else sees that this team or, or did it and they know it's an option for the future. Um, so I always encourage people just to become really innovative and try out new things. And that would usually um, spur some other innovation people, you know, taking on it and, and, tr and, and trying the same thing over and over again until it becomes a standard, until everyone knows that these opportunities exist. Um, 
The other thing I would say is um, I think the most innovation happening with DAO is probably uh, on the more playful side uh, with, say, NFTs and social tokens. Um, and that's just because people have more of this beginner's mind of trying new things and iterating very fast. Right? Um, I think, you know, the more DeFi native uh, or the more kind of the larger treasuries, Uniswap, Compound, or Aave, uh, these, even though they might be considered DAOs, they actually move like pretty slow relative to like the, the other crypto ecosystem. Um, and so one thing I learned uh, probably over the years is that by um, by creating mental models of how both like say social tokens and NFT DAOs kind of relate to like DeFi protocols, like they're very much related with innovations happening with these NFT DAOs and these social token DAOs. Um, so it'd be it'd be good to kind of get this you know, both perspectives on here to see where the innovation is actually happening, where the most interesting things happening, and how can we translate it to uh, these larger protocols where more money is at stake. I see. Yeah, it's a really uh, I love that insight. Um, it, one of the things that I'm bumping into, sort of being an entrepreneur for, for over ten years in, in the kind of Web two world, is I feel that my entrepreneur muscle of of thinking of opportunities and, and kind of understanding the space is is being challenged incredibly because I'm like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And you're like, well, that idea is simply executing some code on the blockchain that the rest of the entire industry can go use. So that's not it's not a business opportunity. It's just a cool way of doing something. And like, that's just a, it's, a, it's a really enlightening and humbling uh, practice. And it made me realize is that, you know, as you're sort of going through your entrepreneur mindset in the Web2 world, you're sort of carving off these little niche kind of profit opportunities. And a lot of those don't exist in Web3, which is only pushed back into the broader ecosystem, which is just super exciting because that puts the ceiling just much, much higher and moves your value. Yeah, you actually have to drive value at a much more fundamental level as opposed to thinking of something clever to be able to kind of do these things. So uh, that personally, on a personal level, super excites me, but love your insight. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's awesome. So how do you think about building for the least common denominator of work across DAOs? Yeah, this is a really awesome question. I, I sort of touched on it a, a little bit earlier, but to kind of expand on it. So um, what I usually uh, try to look for is um, something that a lot of DAOs are already doing, a lot of a lot of what DAOs already need, and then finding a very sim- simple and elegant way to provide very minimal value. Um, I think a really good example of this from practice is Snapshot, right? Snapshot is basically uh, off-chain voting for using, using token-weighted voting, right? And a lot of people integrate Snapshot as just sort of like a signaling tool, but now it's used across you know hundreds of different protocols and communities in crypto. Um, and a lot of people are just using Snapshot as sort of like out of the gate. I think another good example of this is like Collabland. Uh, what Collabland is is basically token-gated access using a Discord or Telegram API. Um, so you actually need to hold the tokens in your wallet to actually gain access to the Discord community in itself. Um, and so like this is something that people can basically plug into their existing DAOs to get people very much more engaged um, and build tighter communities. Um, and it's something that just uses you know, the token in itself as sort of this least common denominator. Um, so like just token weighting in general is just such a it's such a concept that can be re- repeated across any crypto protocol just because just use just uses a token in a very simple way. And, and what is that? So going back to kind of the least common denominator, is it that your framing here of building for the least common denominator of work across DAOs is sort of like from a contributor to this broader ecosystem perspective, as opposed to a uh, like a person who's in, in working within a DAO or recruiting someone to work within a DAO. You're saying 
how can I contribute to this space and how can I think about what's the least common denominator of work that can be applied all across all DAOs? Yeah, exactly, right? Because that, that's something that matters the most is um, how, how can you basically get people, the right people engaged with the right opportunities? And the way you do that is by giving them a way to interact with as many DAOs uh, as possible, potentially, right? While maximizing the work output. Um, so as long as only you can build tools to support that, that's that's what actually matters. I see. Uh, so appreciate you joining the show. If you could remind people where to check out your your work, um, that'd be great. Yeah, you, you can check out Rabbit Hole at rabbithole.gg and follow us on Twitter at rabbithole underscore gg um, and myself on Twitter at Flynnjam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks again for your time. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Armada podcast. We would greatly appreciate a review in your favorite podcast player. And if you want to stay in the loop even further, head to armada.fm where we have a repo. You can check out what we're doing and what we're learning along the way. Love to see you there. Thank you.